Okay, when I asked him what to do and he, uh, what he wanted me to preach about, and he said about 10 minutes, okay? So uh, here goes. Open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Uh, David was not permitted to build the great temple. He wanted to do that, but God did not allow him to do it. But God did allow him to gather the material for the building of the temple. And in uh, first, uh, first Chronicles chapter 29, I believe that we have a wonderful model for faith promise giving. Now, we're not uh, tomorrow morning when everyone is asked to make a commitment to give something every week above your regular tithe and offering for world evangelization. Then uh, that is not going to be just for building buildings but it's for building the church of God. And souls being saved, missionaries being supported. And uh, I want you to notice the way they gave. And then I want you to consider if, if you are giving in this way. Uh, in other words, these people uh, heard about the need. The need was to build a temple for the glory of God. The need of the hour is to get the gospel to 7.7 billion people on the face of the earth. And so look how they gave, if you would. Uh, chapter 29, beginning with verse 7. And they gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents, of 10,000 ta talent, 10, drams, and of silver 10,000 talents, and of brass 18,000 talents, and 100,000 talents of iron. Now, uh, without trying to figure out all of what that is, if you put all of the materials and took a modern-day value for those various materials, it would be several hundred thousands of dollars, maybe over a billion dollars. So if you had to put one word by the word, by the verse 7, I think you could put the, ver the word generous, okay? They gave generously. Uh, they gave liberally. Uh, it talks about the churches of Macedonia. They were going through great tribulation, but they had great joy. They were in deep poverty, but they gave liberally. Now, in our doctrine, we ought to be fundamental. But in our giving, we ought to be liberal. So here's a way that you might check your giving. It's going to be liberal. You think about, what are you thinking about giving to missions on a weekly basis above and beyond your tithe and offering to your local church? And ask yourself the question, is this really a generous gift? Is it really a liberal gift? Compared to the way I spend money for other things, is this a generous gift? Give, okay? Number two, look at verse eight. And they with whom precious stones, look at the word precious stones. They with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel the Gishonite. And look at the word precious stone again, okay? In other words, David said, this is what we need for the building of the temple. They went back home found what they had, 
And they didn't look for something that they didn't need. They didn't look for something that was inexpensive. But the Bible said they with whom precious stones. In other words, they gave the very best that they had. They gave the very best that they had. By the way, they had a good example in their leader, David. You remember what David said? I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. So we might ask ourselves the question, what I'm thinking about giving on a weekly basis to world evangelization, is it going to cost me anything? So I think if we would put a word by verse 8, we could put the word sacrificial. In other words, it costs them something. They gave the most precious things that they had. Then look at verse 9. Then the people rejoiced. Now, they're not having a camp meeting. They're not having a revival meeting. They're not having a singing. But they're rejoicing. So what are they rejoicing about? They're rejoicing about the fact that we are going to be able to contribute something for the building of the great temple to the glory of God. So they gave willingly, joyfully. They gave joyfully. By the way, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, the Bible says, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity. And I love this statement. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, for you that have studied Greek, they tell us that that word cheerful literally means a hilarious giver. Wow. In other words, they say, wow, we are going to get to do something for the building of the temple to the glory of God. And we are going to get to do something for the spreading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. So they gave joyfully. Uh, then look at the latter part of that verse. That they offered willingly. Nobody had to beg them to do it. Nobody had to twist their arms. Uh, you know, no, nobody had to promise a curse if they didn't do it. No, no. David just said, here's what needs to be done. And the people were so thrilled about the fact that they get to, got to give something. And they were doing it willingly. So think about it. They gave liberally, generously. They gave sacrificially. They gave joyfully. And they gave willingly. Then after it was all over, and it was a great offering, an unbelievably great offering. And notice what David said down in verses 12 through 14. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Wow, David's just about to shout, amen. Notice what he said. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee. Now, I love this. Look at this. 
And of thine own have we given thee. You know what David said? All we did was give back to God what God gave to us. Okay? In other words, uh, they gave humbly. David said, all we have done is give back to God what God has given to us. By the way, if tomorrow morning, if every member of Bethel Baptist Church would make a commitment to give something every week to a world evangelization above and beyond their regular tithe and offering, and if you will give generously, liberally, if you will give sacrificially, if you will give joyfully, if you will give willingly, if you will give humbly, God will be pleased with that offering. Many years ago, I heard a story. Most of my stories are old, okay? I'm not sure why, okay? And you'll understand in a minute why this one is, is old, okay? But years ago, I heard about a businessman in San Antonio, Texas. He was a member of the First Baptist Church in San Antonio. Taught a Sunday school class. And every other year, for Christmas, his brother would give him a brand new automobile. Okay, now the name of the automobile was a Packard. So you know it's old, okay? By the way, they were great cars. They were beautiful cars. I think they lasted so long they quit making them because people didn't have to buy a new car every few years. But every other year, he'd get a new Packard. He had just gotten a new Packard. He got to the parking lot one day, and as he got to the parking lot, he saw a little boy that was just walking around that car and feeling of it. He'd touch it every once in a while. And, of course, when the man came up, the little boy jumped back. And uh, he said to the little boy, he said, Son, do you like that automobile? And the little boy said, Sir, that is the most beautiful, wonderful automobile I have ever seen in my life. And then the little boy said, That must have cost you a lot of money. And the man said, Son... That automobile didn't cost me a penny. And the little boy said, you mean you stole that car? <laughs> and the man said, no, 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 I didn't steal the car. He said, uh, my brother gave me that car. And the little boy said, I wish I. And the man said, I knew what he was going to say. I wish I had a brother like that. But he didn't say that. The little boy said, oh, I wish I could be a brother like that. And the man said, son, how would you like to ride in that car? And the little boy said, you know, I'm not real clean and that car is beautiful, it's brand new. The man said, no, no, just, just tell me anywhere you'd like to go. And I'll drive you around in this new car. And the little boy told him an address. And immediately the, the man recognized it was a very bad area of San Antonio, a slum area. But he took the little boy by there and they got to this, this address. And when they got there, it was just there's some rickety old apartment buildings. 
And the little boy said to him, Sir, would you stop here for just a minute and please, please don't leave. I'll be back in just a few minutes, but please, please don't leave. And the man had no idea what he was doing. The little boy ran up those old rickety steps. And after a while, he heard him coming down the steps and he was very deliberately. And when he got down the steps far enough, he could see that he was carrying another little boy on his back. The other little boy was just nearly as big as he was. And when they got down to the car, he said to the man, he said, sir, this is my brother. He can't walk. I go all over town and I see things and then I come back and I tell my brother about it. But he said, I couldn't even begin to tell my brother about this car. I wanted him to see it for himself. And the next Sunday morning, that man told that story in the First Baptist Church in San Antonio, Texas. And he said, that little boy taught me more about giving in just a few minutes than I've ever learned in all my life. Think about it. I wish I could be a brother like that. We have seen something. We know something that the rest of the world don't know. And guess what? Through our giving, through our witnessing, through our praying, we can be the kind of brother that will help them. Years ago, I was in South Africa, and there was a man from Britain in the United Kingdom. And every night, he came up to me. He was just a young fellow about my age, okay? It's about 15 years ago, so I was probably 70 years old then, and Henry was about that age, too. And we talked a little bit every night. And... Uh, he was just a, just a nice fellow. I just really liked him. We had a good time together. On Saturday night, he put a piece of paper in my hand when he shook my hand. And I put the paper, I noticed it was a note, and I put the paper in my pocket. And uh, when, when we got back to the home where we were staying there in Whitbank, South Africa, I took the paper out, and it was a note that uh, Henry had written me. And, and this is what it said. Dear Brother Sisk, if we could get to heaven in an automobile, I'd like for you to be the driver. You know how to get there, and you know how to tell people how to get there. And Pastor, that convicted my heart. And all I could think of was, I do know I know how to get to heaven, and I know how to tell people to get there. But am I really doing all that I can to tell as many as I can how they can know they're saved and going to heaven? Dear Lord, I pray you'd help us to see a lost and dying world tonight.
And to recognize, like that little boy in our story, that we know something. We've seen something. We know how to get to heaven. We know how to tell people how to get there. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts about being totally committed to this great task of getting the gospel to every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of the earth in this generation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.